Hey everyone, just wanted to start this week's episode in remembrance of an industry legend and pioneer lost just one week ago. Chuck Morrow was more than just the founder, owner, and CEO of Ambush Board Company and BuyWake.com. Chuck was a visionary who not only achieved success in his personal arena, but brought success and positivity to those who surrounded him. Personally, I've known Chuck a long time, but have gotten to know him better and better over the past few years. It was like a welcomed reunion each year at Masters, running into Chuck and engaging in longer and longer conversations. This year, Chuck happened to be sitting in the ambush tent at Masters, and my father stopped by the booth, and he chatted for a good while with Chuck. Not knowing who Chuck was, my dad came over to me and after I was done announcing and said, Danny, go over to the Hyperlight tent and talk to this guy, Chuck. He can help you grow your podcast. He wants to help you grow your podcast. That afternoon, I engaged in the longest conversation I've ever had with Chuck Morrow. Some of his advice to me that day was stop saying the phrase when it's all said and done. I guess I'd been saying it all day long on the microphone. He told me that it made me sound like a pompous ass. <laughs> I don't know why, but he was right. And he gave me more bits of insight on how to try to successfully grow my business and... After about a straight hour, he told me to call him about two weeks later. I did call Chuck two weeks later, and we had the second longest conversation of my life. This time, it was about an hour and a half. Chuck told me some incredible things. At the end, when we hung up, I wondered why this guy who hardly knows me is telling me insights on his personal business and trying to give me the tools to grow mine. I realized Chuck was just a super selfless dude and wanted to help good, hardworking people. You look at the success of so many of his employees and colleagues and the success that they've gone on to achieve, and you know Chuck Morrow was more than just some shop owner from one of the dopest shops our sport had ever seen. Most recently, Chuck sat right next to me during the Pro Women and Men's Finals of the 2017 WWA Wakeboard National Championships. He admired my craft and he let me know that I should never undervalue myself and what I do. He dropped one-liners and cracked jokes the entire time, even mentioned being woken up by my voice earlier that morning as he lived just down lake from where the site was. It was an honor for me to have felt the respect I did from Chuck. Chuck Morrow is a husband, a father, a father figure to many, a mentor, a winner, a visionary, a trailblazer, and the list goes on and on. Rest well, Chuck. We all miss you. <laughs> The official voice of Toadwater Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Welcome, my friends, to episode number 78 of the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm Daniel Lamano, recording down in my boathouse studio here in Central Florida, and now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by O'Brien Watersports. For over 50 years, O'Brien has been creating products specifically for the ultimate and family fun on the water. Knowing your time at the lake is cherished, O'Brien's mission is to bring you the absolute most pleasure possible to make memories that last a lifetime. 
Quality, performance, and value are the pillars the O'Brien name has been famous for now for more than five decades. Check out O'Brien.com to see the entire 2017 lineup of product, dealers near you, team, blog, and more. Again, that's O'Brien.com, O-B-R-I-E-N.com. And today, my friends, my guest is the one and only Sean O'Brien, Team O'Brien Rider. Yeah, it was cool. I got to uh, sit down with Sean uh, about a month ago or so, a little less than a month ago. We were at the Collegiate Wakeboard Invitational event in Monroe, Louisiana. I think I talked a little bit about the contest on my last episode. Sean is a dude who's got some uh, very, very different thoughts on what's going on in the industry right now. Uh, It was really cool. He doesn't have a boat sponsor. It was cool to hear kind of where he thought the boating industry is in conjunction to where the uh, toad water sports industry and where we all should be going. Uh, he's got some good thoughts, and uh, hey, I, I hand it to him. It was a great conversation. I think you guys are really, really going to like this episode. And it's episode number 78. We are crushing right now. And holy smokes, my friends, I've been crushing. I've been on the road. I've been busy. This past August had to have been my most crazy stacked month of all time. Uh, let me just recap it. August began with the WWA, the Nautique Boat Wakeboard Nationals. The following weekend, I was at the Collegiate Wakeboard Invitational, formerly known as the Boat Nationals. That's where I recorded this episode. I went home to my stomping grounds where I grew up water skiing back in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. I organized and I put on an event with my good friend Kenny Meyer in his backyard called Backyard Buoys and Corn. We pulled like more than 32 skiers. We had like 100 people in the crowd. We had more than 150 ears of corn. It was radical. The following weekend, Rock the Wake, that was an event that brought elite wakeboarders and the top names in pro wake surfing together and all the riders and the teams. They all had to battle in the um, in the opposite discipline. So wakeboarders were wake surfing. Wake surfers were wakeboarding. It was bizarro land, but it was pretty radical. Noah Flegel, Nicola Butler, uh, Drew Daniello, their team, the Spartans, they took the W out there. It was pretty cool. Uh, Drew Daniello, man, I remember announcing for that guy in the Byerly Toe Jam, but he's like one of the most decorated wake surfers of all time. Him and Noah, holy smokes. There's, there's so many good wake surfers out there right now. Anyways, the following week, I was in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, the WWA Wakeboard World Championships, four days, the best riders from under nine years old to over 50 years old from all around the world. Pro men, Harley Clifford took a W, he took a, another world championship title. Megan Ethel, she won in women's wakeboard. In wakeskate, it was Reed Hansen. And then in the junior pro men, Gunther Oka took his second win, his final junior pro appearance and his second world's title. Gunther also helped me announce finals for pro women and pro men. The dude is the dude's a beast. I wouldn't be surprised if the guy won Rider of the Year. In fact, in my opinion, he probably should. After Worlds, I went to Austria. That's where I'm just back from. We had stop number two of the Malibu Boats Evolution Pro Series. We were out on the Danube River. It was crazy. The conditions were crazy. They were horrible. There was a storm, I guess, in Germany, and the water was flowing down the river. Day number one, the river was like 40 feet from where I was announcing from and like 15 feet down below me. Day number two, same thing, but the water was flowing heavy. Day number three, I showed up for the contest. 
the water was all the way at the top of the bank, like eight feet from where I was announcing from. And as the day progressed, we had to move my tent further and further back because the water kept rising higher and higher and higher. It was crazy, but it was still an awesome event. It was still an awesome experience getting to go around the world. Now I'm back in Orlando. Huge hurricane scare. Things are hectic right now. Hurricane Irma is somewhere off the coast. They're saying it's coming towards Florida. Um, For those of you guys who listen to my podcast in real time, uh, we still have a couple of more days, but fingers crossed that, you know, we're up here in central Florida, but they're saying this is a category five and it's some serious stuff. So we're prepared and we're ready and uh, we can just hope for the best. Surf Expo is this weekend as well. In fact, for those of you guys listening real time, as this episode comes out, I'm announcing Wakeboarding Hall of Fame at Surf Expo. I'm announcing or hosting the Wake Awards. It'll be my sixth year doing Wake Awards. Um, they're canceling a day at Surf Expo, though. They're canceling Saturday because they're expecting some crazy, crazy weather here in Florida, and we just don't know where it's going to hit, when it's going to be here. Uh, anyways, hopefully we're all good because next week I go to Japan for the final stop of the WWA's Wakeboard World Series, the final stop of the Malibu Evolution Pro Series. We're going to be in Japan, and I am, I'm excited. I'm stoked, and uh, I'm, I'm getting close to that diamond status. I'm getting even closer to that platinum status on Delta, and hey, I've been having a great time this summer and getting some awesome experiences. All right, guys, before I do move on any further, I do want to remind you all the Golden Mike podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly on the first and third Wednesday of every month. Find the podcast and listen on demand anytime, whenever, online at noiseofthenorth.com. Also now available on SoundCloud. You guys can find me on iTunes as well as pretty much any other podcasting application on Android devices. Just search The Golden Mike Podcast and then subscribe to the show if you could. Please rate and review the podcast as well. That totally helps with the numbers. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listener, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. Deck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belts, CWB Board Company, Ledwake, Ronix, O'Brien, and Slingshot Wakeboards. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at DanoTMano, on Twitter at the. Dano T. Mano and at the golden underscore Mike and be sure to like the golden Mike podcast on Facebook folks remember you can always reach me through email I do love to hear from you so shoot me that note golden Mike at noiseofthenorth.com all right on to today's audio montage which is from the 2017 collegiate wake invitational and it's brought to you by O'Brien O'Brien is proud to announce that for 2018 the entire national champion Florida Gators Wake Team will be receiving a team sponsorship. O'Brien has a full line of water sports equipment for anyone from beginners to pros and enthusiasts to elite athletes. Go to O'Brien.com for a look at all the wakeboards, water skis, kneeboards, tubes, wake surfers, accessories, and more. Again, that's O'Brien.com. Now on today's audio montage, and then I'll be back with Sean O'Brien of Team O'Brien right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. 
Hey, I'm Sean O'Brien with O'Brien Wakeboards. We are here at the 2017 Collegiate Wakeboard Invitational. Super excited to be here, especially since I actually competed in collegiate wakeboarding way, way back in the day. Um, so I'm really excited to see what everybody's got to bring to the table, and hopefully we see some good wakeboarding. Hey, everybody. I am Handy Andy Fialka from the Midwest Collegiate Tour. I just rode at the College Wakeboard Invitational for Michigan State University. I rode in uh, men's A division and did not make the final but had a great time doing it had the pleasure of announcing with Dano himself all weekend and it sure was a fun time hi this is Pierce Anderson from University of Tulsa just took second in uh, men's a had a super fun time what's up it's Trenton Strickland here 19 years old from Baylor representing one men's D division and I'm totally stoked about it Baylor took third place I couldn't be happier. Hey, my name is Devin Carlisle of CWU. I got a first in my men's C division. It was awesome. The Supra boat is, has a killer huge wake. I love it out there. My name is Kobe Bernier, uh, formerly graduating from Jacksonville State University. Uh, two-time national champion. Got a chance to judge in the boat for the majority of the contest, and uh, that was super exciting. Getting to see the uh, these guys continuing to push the riding. Pumped to see Gators get another national championship. What's up, guys? Jeff House here representing Roswell. We're at the 2017 CWI Collegiate Wake Invitational with the best 16 college teams out here representing. It's uh, It's been a great weekend. The riding's been killer, and the uh, company's been awesome. It's been good. My name is Brandy Black. I'm from Apopka, Florida, I'm representing the University of Florida. Stoked to take home first for the women's B over here in Louisiana. Contest was hard, but weather was great. All the riders were great. Just fun being out here. So stoked to represent UF. Go Gators. What up? It's Ace with Southbound Design. Really stoked. Wrapped up the weekend. Really strong. A lot of great athletes from all over the U.S. Super successful event. Killer web uh, cast that we had. Thanks again for everybody that's coming out here. Hi, I'm Shelby King. I'm from Orlando, Florida. I'm riding as a Gator in the Women's A Division. I'm really excited to win the Women's A Division this weekend, and I'm really excited for the next one. What's up, guys? I'm Robbie Holhan uh, out here in Monroe, Louisiana. We just got done doing the awards. Uh, University of Florida took the cake. I made a uh, contribution by taking down the men's B division. I think O'Brien sponsoring the team for next year is huge. I feel like collegiate wakeboarding just gets kind of overlooked. So for O'Brien to like take the next step and kind of step up the plate and make it happen is huge. What's up, Dana? Juan Mendez here from West Palm Beach, Florida. I'm uh, lucky enough to take first place both wake skating and men's A. It was actually my first wake skate contest, so I was pretty stoked to to go out and kind of follow the path of my little brother, but um, look forward to keep doing it. What's up? My name is Heather Bouchard. I'm the captain of the University of Florida team. We're stoked today to take our fourth national championship in a row. We love everyone who came out here. We had a blast, and we're super thankful for WWA and for the O'Brien sponsorship to help our team out with some boards. The man behind it all, Nick McDonald, the Louisiana Collegiate Wakeboard Tour, and of course the organizer here this weekend for the Collegiate Wakeboard Invitational. Nick, another great year here. I want to get your thoughts overall on the entire weekend. Uh, I mean, we had a ton of challenges throughout the weekend, but I'm pretty impressed with how it all came together. You know, we had so much great riding from so many teams. 17 schools is by far the best uh, turnout we've ever had for a competition. I think we had 108 riders. If you want to catch up with anything, check us out on uh, LACollegiateWakeTour.com and also just search uh, LA Collegiate Wake Tour on Instagram and Facebook. 
Woodrose is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and the love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrose handcrafted wooden and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Use my promo code MANO30 and you'll get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, that's promo code MANO, M-A-N-O-3-0 at Woodrose.com for 30% off everything. That's W-O-O-D-R-O-Z-E dot com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. We are here at the Collegiate Wakeboard Invitational, formerly known as Collegiate Wakeboard Nationals. And it's pretty cool. You were here last year. I was here last year. Um, but how many years have you been coming to this contest? I think I went to the, the original one, uh, actually, when I was in college. I was in college from 2001 to 2005. And um, they they did the original event out at Panama City. Uh, the, the original plan was actually to do it on the beach. And we ended up having like a four-foot swell. So they told us we'd go out and practice in it. And it was pretty much the worst conditions imaginable. People were throwing up on the boat, and uh, they they kind of changed locations on the spot. But like ocean uh, riding, yeah, yeah, Crazy. and like to the point where the boat would actually like we were shuttled out on jet skis to a floating dock. Uh, the floating dock, the top was PVC sheeting. So as you were getting into your binding, when a wave would come by, you'd actually slide from one end of the dock to the other. And then finally, you know, when you're ready to ride, the boat would pull you off the dock. It would go over a wave and you'd actually, like, the boat would disappear. You could see the top of the tower and that's it. And then you start cutting in. You have no idea where the wake is. So you'd end up cutting over a wave and hitting the wake. Something about that just doesn't sound safe. No. No, it definitely wasn't. Um, it was probably way worse for the people that were in the boat. I think we started with five people in the boat during the practice day. By the time I rode... There were two people left. Everybody got sick. They're all vomiting over the side. There's more of a fun factor here, too. I mean, I, I don't think, I, I think there's maybe maybe 15% of the riders show up at this contest um, hoping to win. You know, everybody always hopes to win, but I don't think that's necessarily the number one priority out here. No, no, everybody wants to go out. And it's really cool because you get to meet, you know, people from, you know, in wakeboarding from all over the world, people that are, you know, running clubs. And you can kind of talk to them and kind of figure out, um, you know, better ways to, to run their wakeboard club and how to grow it. I mean, which is what we really need. Sure. We're out here in Monroe, Louisiana for this year's contest, and uh, I'm pretty excited. You know that I'm a water uh, sports enthusiast overall and a water skier born and and raised or whatever, but uh, we're out here on the water ski lake. I don't know. Do you know, do they they run the wakeboard um, team on the same lake, or do they ride somewhere else? Um, Yeah, normally it's just the water ski team. Um, They are allowed to use the lake for contests, I think contests only. Um, bayou, um, not lake. Bayou. Yeah, bayou. Yeah. Um, outside of that, they've got the Watchtower River. I think that's what it's called. Um, and they've got some really cool lakes in the area. So they've got great riding spots. It, it, it's so crazy, Sean, because you've been around for a really long time. And, and to hear you talking last night about your first time out here in Monroe back in 2003, and the conversation kind of came up because 
uh, somebody had talked about how there was a contest out here and Parks Bonifay was here and he threw his winnings, $5,000, towards a, towards a bikini contest. And then I overheard you be like, yeah, I was there that year. So, <laughs> so uh, reminisce, tell me a little bit what you remember from 2003 and, and what you remember from, from being out here and stuff like that. Um, well, I was asked to come out to the event. Um, at the time, I was riding for a, a small wakeboard company called Core Wakeboards. And they, I think, were sponsoring the event, so they asked me to to show up, and it was a really cool event. It was a double up contest, which you know is my favorite thing to do. Um, and that's that's kind of how I don't know. That's how I was able to get anything done on a wakeboard back in the day is just go hit double ups. So you know, the fact that I could go out and do a double up contest and watch everybody hit double ups and just go ride with a bunch of people and just hop on different boats. Um, LSF was actually it was a really cool festival. And um, so it was, it was really fun going out there. And I think at the time um, for the double up, I had, I had just landed uh, a heel side osmosis seven off the double up. And I really wanted to get that in the contest. And, you know, it was a, it was a long shot. You know, I'd, I'd spent a lot of time working on that trick and I finally hit it. So doing the double up contest, I was like, all right, I got to go out and try it a couple times. And pretty sure Parks went out and did a double half cab roll and won the event. Um, but it was, it was just a, a cool, very laid back, fun, like relaxed environment. And... Um, so I ended up coming back, I think, the next year, and I ended up doing some lessons with people locally. And um, actually, I really like this area. Like, the, the community, the wakeboard community is really cool, and they're just fun to be around. Well, like, first of all, do me a favor and, and break down what an Osmosis 720 is, if you wouldn't mind. So um, so an Osmosis, I mean, the, the way that – the traditional way for it, for sure, is uh, – People were doing Osmosis fives, and, and it was people, a people who are they? Uh, the the only guys I could really think of. Um, I remember watching Sean Murray doing Osmosis five. I think Colin Wright did one, and Rob Struherick. I think those are the only three that I really remember doing it before I decided I would I would go for it. Um, and what it is like for an Osmosis five, it's it's a five forty, but instead of passing the handle behind your back, you actually kind of toss it up in the air and you come around and catch it catch the handle with the same hand that you tossed it with sure okay so now moving forward you see people doing the osmosis five and you get this idea that hey you're gonna land an osmosis seven yeah well, i mean before that I, I think i did um nose grab osmosis five and and really focus on like holding the grab and making sure like kind of lock onto the whole thing all the way to the very end um so you wouldn't let go of the grab until like last second right before you land and be, make it more like a, a snowboard style trick and make sure like you know there, there's no point in grabbing the board you know doing an osmosis and letting go of the grab you know in the middle of it because that just there's no reason like you might as well not even do an osmosis you might as well just pass the handle i just remember you being like one of those guys you could just contort your body and just take like your backhand and grab so far across and stuff so like where does all that kind of come from um I think it just comes from a goal to kind of be unique and kind of have fun with the sport and just kind of keep things fresh. Like when when I was coming up, everybody's kind of doing stuff the same way. And I, I really, I need to make sure I, I stood out. And that was kind of one of those ways, like you kind of just do things different and people will notice it. And um, that's kind of the, the way that I actually 
I'd say build a career. I'm not even sure you can call it that, but um, I I was able to I'd look at things and see what people were doing and say that's kind of cool, but I want to do it this way and I'd go do it that way, and you know take some crashes, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. It's kind of just part of the learning curve, um, and then that kind of branched off into seeing kind of what people like. I do something and say, look, well, if I can do this, then I should be able to do this. So, and it would be one of those things where I'm like, okay, I can push myself to like a different level and kind of learn like a different style trick than what's been done before. And um, that was always fun for me. Like, I, I always liked toying with different stuff and uh, doing things that people said couldn't be done. Let's kind of get the story of where you came from and where you started because obviously I worked at performance for a a long time and so you and I ran into each other a lot because you'd bring your students in there Mm -hmm. but before that what were you doing like when did you get into wakeboarding was wakeboarding what you got into was it water sports before that like water skiing did your family water ski like like i want to hear the 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 full uh, sean o- the, the full sean story. o'brien story so um my family's from michigan originally and uh um, the mitten where in the mitten oh man uh schwartz creek actually let's see yeah so my family they we didn't have like a water ski background or anything um I do remember when I was young, my dad bought some trainer skis and uh, he's like, we're going to teach you guys how to water ski. And um, it's like, cool. I don't know how old I was. You know, I was probably like seven or something like that. And and, uh, he would take us in the backyard in the grass and would just run us back and forth along the grass. And it's like, okay, you know, we're holding on to these trainer skis. And then he would take us to the lake that was a block away and he'd run us along the shoreline. And it was a really good form of exercise for him. He'd wear himself out and he's got asthma, so he'd puff on his inhaler. And, and um, but you know, that, that was like my first exposure to, to skiing and that type of stuff. And then one of his friends had a boat, so we learned out on that boat. And then you know, we did that probably a couple times and then um, went kneeboarding every once in a while just on friends' boats because we, we didn't live on the water. Um, we didn't have a boat. And then I think by the time I was 13, um, what was it? What year did Mike Weddington win Worlds? Was it 96? Yeah, it's got to be like 95 or 96. 95, yeah. 96. So, um, You're dating yourself here, Sean O'Brien. Dude, I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> How old are you right now, man? 34. Okay, well, I'm a not older. that old. I'm I mean, a little older. Yeah, but you've been around. It sounds like I've been. Yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years now. Okay, so 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 you so you were introduced to wakeboarding around 95, 96. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it, and some friends of the family, their nephew is Mike Weddington, and I don't know the exact details, but um, Mike, I think the the week before Worlds, I don't know if he was sick or something, but he wasn't. So he wasn't planning on actually competing. He was going to pull out of the contest, from my understanding. And uh, he ended up coming over to our house. My dad gave him whatever he needed to give him. And the next weekend, he won Worlds. So from there, I actually got a wakeboard and some bindings. And um, so that was my, my first real exposure to the sport. What was your first board? A full tilt? I had a full tilt, Mike Weddington Function 55 Honeycomb Core with Sub Rosa mid wraps. Yeah, you, do you still have it? No, I don't. It, it broke and 
I'm not sure what happened to it, but I wish I did. I find it pretty interesting, though, because you did coach for a long time, and I don't know to what extent you're coaching these days, but I know that uh, even up until um, like a couple of years ago, I know you were like coaching Max Schramm for a while. Like just And of course you had the school down in Orlando. Um, but I don't, I don't know, like the, the fundamentals, like how important is that to you? And oh, they're like, huge. What, so like, what's your style? What's your style of coaching? Um, you know, I, I like to make sure that I want to see people that are comfortable riding. Like, I want to make sure when you go out, whatever the basis is for the tricks that you want to work on, you are very comfortable with. Because I don't like seeing people go out and huck stuff. Um, Now, granted, I've had guys, I've had guys from the UK that come over and they'd fall on wake-to-wake jumps and and then suddenly they cut out super wide and they crank in and they throw a Rayleigh. And it freaks me out because they fall hard. And you just look at the guy and you can look at him in his eye and you know, no matter what you say, he's going to go do it again. Right. So at that point, it's like, okay, I'm not even going to worry about fundamentals with you because I'm just going to make sure you don't die on this. And you tell him the right thing. Dude, I, the guy went out. I remember he landed his second try. He never tried it before. He almost died on the first one. Told him what to do. Said, I don't want you to do this, but I'm going to at least give you the right pointers and somehow he managed to land it. I had a I had a family one time tell me, you know, I, I was teaching kids trick skiing, but I grew up my dad made me do side slides from the age of eight to eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um basically full sets of just sliding around sideways <laughs> out around the lake, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I've had parents who've looked at me straight in the eyes and said, If you don't teach my kid a flip, then I'm gonna go pay somebody else yeah. to teach my kid a flip. So how do you combat that? It you know, it's tough and I I think um for me, it, it's more of having a relationship with the family and, and everybody and kind of so that they know that you have the best intentions for their kid. And if they understand that, then they they trust you and you just try to back it up as best you can. Well, dude, with with injuries, you know, it's it's you can't be blind. You know that they're happening out there in wakeboarding. And, you know, obviously the, the wakes are so much bigger um, so first of all, your thoughts on the big wakes these days, cause you are a big bro. You, you, you made a name for yourself not going, I mean, yes, obviously wake to wake stuff. You're good, but bro, you made an, I feel like it was what you were doing off the double up, which was kind of putting you, you know, up there in that mix with the, with the biggest names in the world, you know? Yeah. I mean, it definitely was, but that, it was, it was a different time. You know, we, we didn't have wakes that could put you into you know, up the in the moon. air high enough to to get what you wanted done. Like, so you'd have to hit double ups. So, I mean, are you okay with the fact that wakes are bigger than a double up now? I mean, they are, right? Wouldn't you say? Or are comparable the, to a double up? A more consistent double up? Yeah, it's cons- it's a consistent double up, essentially. It's definitely still smaller. I'd say what you get off the wake is not nearly as explosive as hitting double ups from back when I was, you know, getting into the sport. But it's consistent, which is a real big perk. So um, you can spin faster because, you know, you know you're going to get that consistent pop versus a double up where sometimes you're getting booted. Sometimes you're getting, you know, a good little kick, but not quite the same. Um, So, you know, the, the big wakes are definitely helping high end wakeboarding.
Hey, Golden Mike Podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick break so I can tell you all about my friends from Lead Wake. Lead Wake bags are designed with wake surfers and wakeboarders in mind. Lead Wake bags are designed perfectly to be stacked and placed in tight spaces. Custom designed Lead Wake bags are easy to shift around in your boat and will help clean up any wake without having to fill excess water bags or move your friends around. You can buy lead wake in multiple sizes, but I recommend the 50 pounders, and so do some of the biggest names in wake, including Danny Harp and Sean Murray and Harley Clifford, just to name a few. Lead wake ships free anywhere inside the USA, and you can find out more and order online at leadwake.com. That's L-E-A-D-W-A-K-E.com. And now back to more with my guest, Sean O'Brien, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. People are going to go out and they're going to buy this M235 from Malibu. People are going to go buy the G23. People are going to go buy this SA550. That's just what's going to happen. We know those the, the manufacturers can't, keep, can't build enough boats right now. That's just the way it is. So for the people who are like listening, like how do you recommend that beginner to I would say almost mid-level, maybe almost advanced level rider, and, and and do advanced riders even need to ride a fully loaded boat right now, or should they should advanced riders should we wait to fully load it until you're at that pro level? I mean, I don't I don't think you need to. I think you can ride behind. I think a good rider should be able to ride behind any boat at any point in time. Period. Um, I think you know whether it's a a direct drive ski boat, a center console. Um, I mean, I, I think as long as the boat has some type of wake, you should be able to go out and ride it. And sure, maybe you're not doing uh, KGB fives and double flips and 1080s and all that stuff. But you know that there's a very f- select few people that are that are out there that are able to do that. And for those people, um, yeah, they they do need something like that that's going to send them a lot higher in the air um but then again there's the double ups i mean you can go hit double ups and you can get a you know plenty of pop and learn how to do stuff off that you don't you're not affiliated to any boat brand right now really yeah not at the moment but you have a boat i have a boat yeah but but you paid for it Mm -hmm. right you know um but at the same time you are not a soft-spoken person within your circle about how you feel about what's going on with the boats right now so yeah i don't uh, have to be which is nice actually it, it is kind of cool mm-hmm. and i mean, i have to be a little political more politically <laughs> correct because i am announcing for like the biggest events and yeah and whatever you know like like I, i'm i love seeing what i see but at the same time i think it's really cool that i can finally talk with somebody who can give their real personal view so yeah. what is going on what do you think needs to happen? What's wrong? What's right? Um, Break it down. You know, it, it it's really hard to... You can't fault anybody for the way the industry's gone. Um, you know, the, the boats now, the pricing is just... It's it's pretty extreme, but they're selling boats. And they're making money. And I, I can't argue that fact. Like, you know, they're probably... The boat manufacturer probably make more money now than they were when they were building twice as many boats. Um, and again, like, dude, if you can take it, get it now, because you never know when it's going to dry up. So I think the fact that we now have boats that are, um, $150,000, whatever, you know, 
whatever your number is. I mean, even some of the more affordable boats have gotten to the point where they're they're getting close to a hundred thousand dollars. I think um, that's kind of what number I was I was told recently. Uh, I know there's there's other brands out there that are that are much lower in price, um, but it, it it's kind of it's not pricing themselves out of the market because they're still taking that market but you're limiting the amount of people that can can jump into it um so from a boat sale standpoint they're still doing great no no big deal from from a wakeboard sales water sport standpoint um our industry is saying i'm I'm saying the wakeboard industry is saying look you need to have this boat in order to be able to do this now in order to be able to do weight to weight double flips and all that stuff sure i'll agree with that you probably need to have that boat but to go out and ride and have fun on the water with your family and friends um you should be able to go do that on any boat out there um you know whether it's a old 96 taiga 2100 like what i had when i grew up i mean i like i said i, I literally learned probably 90 percent of what i was ever able to do on a wakeboard behind that boat and um i mean we're, we're talking about good solid stuff and but our industry says now oh, that's that's not good enough anymore and for most people it is it's, it's more than enough so I, I i think i've got a little bit of an issue with that so so how do you see how do you see the change what what do you think needs to happen it's almost we've got to go back to focusing on on growth on growth of the sport trying to pull people in um and say look it's okay to ride behind a pontoon boat it's okay to go ride behind a ski boat it's okay to go ride behind a center console it's okay to go ride behind a stern drive it's okay to go ride behind anything jet ski whatever just go ride and that's not the message that's getting sent out there well i mean you go you and i had kind of chatted a little bit off the microphone and internationally you know you go to these these countries that maybe don't have the kind of money um that america has and we were kind of talking about some of the the boats that we see uh those guys you know i just to give you an example i was in korea last year and um you know after after the contest was over all I saw, we were driving down the highway and right on the side of the river, and he saw lots of people having great times out there on, well, not what we would consider to be a traditional mm-hmm. ski boat. And, um, you know, something else that I kind of wanted to, wanted to kind of touch on while you were, like, chatting about what we were talking about there is, um, you know, you are seeing a lot of these io companies which i'm guessing is what you're kind of talking about alluding to a little bit like moving maybe towards some io companies or outboard boat companies and stuff like that and a lot of them will just slap a sticker on the side of the boat and write like surf edition or something like that yep so yeah i mean there's some interest well there there's definitely i mean right now like the wake surf side of the water sports industry is is going through significant growth um so you know they they developed the forward drive and four winds has one and sea ray i think has one's um chaparral i mean lots of companies are doing it now and it's cool because it actually puts the prop underneath the boat um and some of those guys are doing the research and they're they're testing things out and 
they're using kind of a trim tab system as well in order to get a wake that you can surf on. Um, so, you know, it's nice that they're, they're kind of hopping into this industry and, and hopefully growing it, which is, you know, ideal. Um, the, the downside, at least from what I've seen, at least with those IOs is, you know, I, I actually was able to test out one of the four winds forward drive boats before it hit the market. Um, and just randomly, like some people I knew, they, there was one in Jupiter and said, Hey, you know, they, they talked to him and said, Hey, we've got this wakeboarder friend, you know, can you come out and test it? And they're like, Oh, that'd be great. You know, like he can tell us what's going on. And, and the wake on the boat was fine. Um, I could surf behind it. It wasn't, you know, it's not like a, a loaded down V drive, you know, wakeboard boat, but it, um, it's functional, which is great. So I sat down with him, talked to him about it for a little while. I was like, so what's the price point? And the price point was higher than an Axis at the time. I'm like, dude, you guys have to get this thing down. It's like, if you're going to try to compete with the inboard market, you have to come at it with something that's going to help you guys out a little bit more. And you can't put is, a Chevy for the same price as you put a Porsche, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's that's pretty good comparison. I mean, it was nice. a nice boat. There's there's nothing wrong with the boat. It was, just, it was it was a nice boat. It was just the fact that, you know, if you're gonna do all this, then, you know, what's the benefit? Where where's the benefit? Why wouldn't I not just go and buy an Axis or whatever else? Like if you were if you were able to go in to any manufacturer, I don't care if we're talking, um, like like inboard or, or v drive or whatever you know toad water sports specific or you went over to like the more recreational style of boat what what do you think what kind of boat do you think what kind of boat what kind of price range do you think that we need to maybe bring more people in um you know that that's that's still tricky i mean for me from where i am and being on the coast um I would personally like to work with a, a probably an outboard center console boat manufacturer. Um, I think there's the ability to to kind of fine tune the the hull design off it. And sure, you're running an outboard. Um, you're not going to want to wake surf behind it, you know. But that doesn't mean you can't go out and wakeboard and ski and and go do this other stuff. But who says you can't wake surf behind it also? Because the reality is, is look at look at Malibu right now. People are wake surfing 35 feet behind the boat. And, you know, it's That's like, true. I mean, but there still is that prop. I mean, I'm sure there's ways to kind of fix things. I've already thought about a few ways to do it. But um, from a liability standpoint, I'm pretty sure most outboard manufacturers would not want to get involved with people wake surfing behind their boat. Sure. Um, and that's... That's fine. And if you want to go wake surf, go buy a hundred and whatever thousand dollar inboard wakeboard boat because it's going to kick out the largest wake possible. Except if you wanted to go buy a, you know, million dollar boat, <laughs> 50, 50 foot sport fisher, and then you get shoulder high surf wake. So, um, but for me, I, I think at least on the coastal standpoint, like in my area, dad wants his fishing boat i mean that's that's really what dad wants you want some some boat that you can go out you can go pull up to restaurants you can go pull up to sandbar you can hang out have a good time you want something that is easy to clean maintenance wise isn't a hassle um and i think if you can design it 
to where the kids could really enjoy what's going on behind the boat um, and be able to to develop their skills with water sports in general. I, I think it would be a win-win for everybody. How can we get that message out though? Because I will say this, like- You need the it, right people. But in, I will say this, like um, it, when I first started announcing nationals in 2005, arguably the most competitive divisions in the event were the amateur 19 to 24, mm-hmm. 25 to 29. And now I see once these kids turn 18, if they're not pro or somewhere in that top 10 area, they go away and Mm -hmm. they don't come back and they don't, they're not interested in being a competitive wakeboarder anymore, but there used to be. And I know plane tickets are a little bit more expensive now, but, but it's not that bad, but like, but like, what do you do about that whole thing? You know, I mean, you're talking about competitive wakeboarding versus going out and, enjoying yourself on the water and there there's two different things there's two different mentalities i know plenty of people that can wakeboard and they have a great time wakeboarding and they've got no desire to compete um then i i know other people that have such an insane drive to compete that if they're not progressing and you know making it to that top then they get frustrated um so you got two very different mentalities um and i understand like you know, if you're if you're 18 and you're competing and maybe you're doing really well, um, wakeboarding is a hard sport. It's it's a very hard sport to succeed with and actually have a a career and build a career out of. And there are going to be very few wakeboarders that are actually going to be able to retire based off of their wakeboarding career. Period. Um, most people are going to end up having to go into different aspects of the sport. They're going to work for companies. Um, and then there's going to be limited positions for that as well. So at that point, at 18 years old, 19 years old, whatever it is, um, you're going to have to take a kind of a hard look at, at where you are and say, okay, I'm either going to go for this all the way, if, if that's what you want to do, if you want to be a pro wakeboarder, or you're gonna say, hey, you know what? It might be really, you know, beneficial for me to go to school and get a degree, and then I can use that degree to de- develop a career um, and put myself in a position where I can come back later and I can buy that boat for my family and I can spend that time on the water and I can enjoy that time on the water. So I'm hoping that more people will go that direction. Um, it'd, it'd be really nice. I mean, you know, for me growing up. Um, the way that I did, you know, from the time I was 14 and we got a boat, did I spent pretty much every day I could out on the water after school. I'd come home, hop on the boat, go ride for you know a couple hours with friends, get off the boat, go do homework, go to bed, go to school, repeat. And um, you know, it, it's uh, it's something that I, I hope that you know my kid will want to do in the future and. And hopefully we can create that that lifestyle so he's capable of doing that if he wants to do it. If he doesn't want to do it, then sure, I, I, I want to support whatever he wants to do. But um, I, I think being able to provide is really important as well. And if, if you can't provide, if you can't get that lifestyle that you want out of wakeboarding, um, then I think it's important to figure out exactly what you want and follow that direction. If that and, makes sense. And I think you make a good point there. And like, you know, yes, 
I will say this, like I definitely have missed a lot of uh, of people who have kind of dropped out over the years, but you are right. You know, now I start thinking about it a little bit more, you know, as as you know, in my in my on my path in the, the fifteen or so years that I've been announcing or the twenty years that I've been involved in industry outside of just recreationally skiing with my family, um, it is it is kind of crazy to see some of the people who disappear. Mm-hmm. And come back five, six, seven, eight, nine years later, yeah, with their families and with their boats, and and I think you definitely do bring up bring up some some really good points there, dude. And I definitely commend you, and I and I give you a lot of props for uh, having kind of a strong mind about it, and 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 actually uh, speaking your mind as well. So, um, well, thank you. I I do I do think you made a good point there about talking about getting into industry, and I feel like that is kind of the path that you chose or that chose you, perhaps, uh, you've been with O'Brien Wakeboards for 12, 13 years, something like that. Yeah, I'm 13. guessing a little bit of nepotism there, right? Yeah, I mean... Right? O'Brien, Sean O'Brien, O'Brien Wakeboards? They, they're very happy. The family? No, not family. Oh, so I've always been under the impression that you were obviously related to O'Brien. Nope. No relation. None whatsoever. Just so happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, I mean, you gotta remember Herb O'Brien started O'Brien and then uh, ended up starting HO and then ended up starting Ronex and Radar. And um, just so you know, I do know a lot of this. I, yeah, I know a lot of this too. <laughs> and I'm just gonna bite my tongue on it. So, um, yeah, so I mean, you know, yeah, definitely not not involved as far as you know family side of things. Okay, so but I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, yeah. oh Sean yeah, like, O'Brien. So, so your family owns a company? Yeah, no, not at all. So we've got that knocked out. So yeah. okay, you've been with them for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you are more than just a rider for O'Brien, and there's a couple of things that I want to touch on before we finish up here. Mm-hmm. I want to touch on the fact that you have a signature wakeboard. Yeah. with O'Brien, the SOB. And I want to touch on the fact that I looked at your board and that looks like a board that isn't a boat wakeboard. It looks like a board that you'd probably ride at the park, at the wake park on the cable. So it's a very simplistic design, dude. And I know you're a pretty easygoing, mellow dude, but kind of talk about that. It's, um, I mean, that, that board came out of, I mean, we had the paradigm first, and O'Brien came to me and said, hey, we want to build this board. And I was like, sweet, I get a pro model. I'm super excited about it. And they're like, we want it to be a flex board. And I'd ridden some other flex boards and I was less than thrilled. Um, so I, I talked to him about kind of what I thought needed to happen for a wakeboard, like a, a boat board to be successful and to incorporate flex. And so we did it with the Paradigm and we did a great job with it. Like the first prototype that came out, I wrote it. And I thought that I was gonna hate this thing. Like I pulled it out of the box and flexed like crazy, and I took it out, and it was nice and stiff between my feet, and I was still able to get a good solid pop off the wake, and it was actually the most fun I'd ever had on a wakeboard at that point in time period. And I took it out on a day that it was rainy and cold and windy, just like the worst conditions you could possibly take a board out to test it in, and I had so much fun that I would, I mean, it completely opened my eyes to what, um, what a wakeboard could be. And I'd been riding the Valhalla for years at that point, and I love that board. But shifting over to the flex board behind the boat, riding the Paradigm, I was like, man, this is, I'll never go back. And 
it has definitely not hurt my riding um, at all. It's it's one of those things where wakeboarding has become more fun as a result. Um, I'm still able to do everything I've been able to do and more. And from there, we made some changes to the paradigm and uh, kind of squared off the tip and tail and added some concave and a little bit of channeling because before it was a completely flat bottom board. And what I really like about that board is you have to ride it properly. Um, there's no cheating in it. You have to be able to control your edge. Um, it's actually a really good board for people to learn on because they don't have that opportunity to cheat. Um, they can't put themselves they can't put themselves in bad potty positions. They have to do things right in order for the board to work, and it makes people better riders as a result. So most of our guys, they just ride it for the park. They love it on the park. It's a killer park board. Well, you um, say that, dude. And and last year I did a full episode where I interviewed uh, the up-and-comers from the O'Brien team. And I also did an interview with a gentleman by the name of David O'Keefe. Uh-huh. And uh, David isn't necessarily known as a cable rider, and he prefers your board from what I understand. Yep, and actually David just did a video um, not too long ago. Uh taking the sob out behind the boat I don't, did you see that one i i try to keep up with him but he's, he's, putting t- he's out got more a lot of videos than i am yeah so. so um so he took an sob i can't remember was it 140 or 44 um it's whatever he's using for for a park he took it out behind the boat finless and he rode it and was blown away i mean i i watched him ride and i was like dude it's like this kid's like he's still doing a not all his tricks. I think he was on a smaller boat um, or smaller wake, but he was able to go out and and hit all this like a lot of tech stuff, and he looked super comfortable on it. And at the end of the video, he's like, "Dude, it's like he's like this board is actually awesome on the boat. He's like probably pops more than my Valhalla." Um, and you know, he was kind of surprised at how good it was behind the boat because he'd been riding it on park for probably the past couple of years, and. Um, so I sent him a little message like, hey, put some fins on that thing and you'll have one board and that's it. <laughs> you'll be good. <laughs> another another <So>. rider <laughs> another rider that stands out that um, I I noticed, and I don't know if he, I, I didn't notice it this year at Nationals just because I was so slammed, but I noticed it last year is uh, an English rider named Joe Battleday. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had mentioned to me, I chatted with him for a little bit and how much he liked the board. So like, how does that feel for you? That's got to be pretty neat, right? Dude, it's awesome. I, I love, I mean whether you're a great rider or you know just getting started in riding and to be able to build a product that that people actually enjoy riding and um and see them i mean truly enjoy it and kind of change the way that they ride uh makes me very happy man that's that's pretty awesome bro okay let's talk about before we finish up here your position these days at o'brien because you are in that phase of your career where I know that you're still a rider, but you're also transitioning into some other stuff as well. So mm-hmm. touch on that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, I guess it's probably been a year and a half now. I, I've took on a role with O'Brien to assist in the marketing. Um, so we, we've got a kind of a, a team of people, um, between our art department, uh, Ross Antonio, who does all our social media stuff, uh, Nick, who does our web stuff um so we all kind of work together and basically i, I just kind of do whatever they ask me to do um and so some of the stuff that's involved with the catalog ads um 
let's see, online content, that that type of stuff. Uh, they say, hey, we need this. I'll go out and do it. So you're writing? Um, are you writing? I'm are you taking writing, photos, I'm videos? Filming editing. a little bit. Um, writing scripts for product videos, doing kind of whatever, like seriously, whatever they want me to do, I figure out how to make time and do it. Um, but I'm also shooting our athletes, which is a lot of fun because I, uh, I really got into photography when I was in high school. And, you know, over the years, I've, I've continued doing photography. A lot of times I was shooting students um, at Orlando Wake and, and uh, selling photos. And I was shooting for Wake World at events and kind of doing some different stuff. And that kind of fizzled out a little bit um, just with life in general. And this gave me an opportunity to really get back into it. So this year I ended up shooting a lot of the stuff for our catalog. Um, I'm supposed to go shoot Corey. Tunison. Uh, yeah, Corey later this week, actually, after I get back into town. I'm supposed to drive up to Orlando and go shoot him. Um, so it's really fun because I get to hang out with all our riders. I get to shoot them, and, and then I get to go edit and stuff. And it allows me to work from home a lot of the time, which is nice because uh, I'm taking care of my son and... Yeah, I was just doing all that other stuff. So, last week I announced Wakeboard Nationals. Earlier this summer, I announced the Southern Wakeboard Regionals. The guy who made his return to competitive wakeboarding on the amateur side is a guy by the name of Adam Fields. Uh, Adam is crushing the Masters division right now. Thirty to thirty-nine years old. He is. I mean, some people argue that he should still be riding pro, he but probably I probably should. But yeah, but I, but I also, but I believe that like I lo- I watched the Masters division, and it wasn't handed to him this year. Yeah, it, maybe regionals was slightly handed to him, but nationals was not handed to him. Yeah, um, I know one thing that has kind of eluded you throughout your career is like a major major title, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know that it, contest has have never been your main focus, but like. What do you think the chances of us ever seeing you back in like a WWA contest would be? Um, <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be fun yeah. to go and battle Adam oh, Fields? Oh, battling Adam Fields! He's such a good wakeboarder. It's unreal. Um, he's been such a good wakeboarder forever too. Very underrated. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd, it'd probably be pretty fun. Um, I, I didn't have that same competitive edge as a lot of the guys. Um, but, you know, I, I still show up for a contest every once in a while. I think I, I rode in, I don't know, what, what was it, Nationals in Miami a couple of years ago? Sure. Um, yeah. But at that point, I was riding with Max Ram, you know, every day or whatever, so I felt really good. But but you went, but you went for pro. You didn't go for... Oh, yeah, I, I rode pro. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like there's still some worth in some of these amateur not some I feel like there's worth in all of the amateur divisions because I feel like if you're over 40 and you're top oh, yeah. 3 you're a great I, I don't care you're top 10 in, in veterans you know mm-hmm. and you're, you still might be the best rider in your no in your area for sure in and, your state and that gives you the opportunity to promote the sport and um, you know, hopefully companies will value that and local shops will value that and the uh the exposure that they can bring to the sport and to the industry as a whole. Um, and it, you just got to hope that people see value in all of that. stuff. Would so. you go on a limb and say, maybe you'd think about doing masters one year? Uh, maybe yeah. if, let's just say Adam Fields wins worlds this year. Would you at least consider 2018 coming back? 2018. For a run? Uh, I'll consider it. 
They used to do a pro vets division. You remember that? Yeah, but that was that was Ricky G by himself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it was a well, great as, effort. As but. as more and more professional wakeboarders kind of move on, I wonder if they would bring bring that back as I well. I think if we had enough, I think if we had enough riders that were interested in doing it, I think that it's definitely something that could come come back through. But yeah. once again, I think you'd be pretty surprised if you showed up and saw the level of guys in that thirty to thirty nine year old age bracket. I mean, we were just with the hyperlight rep. Uh, Jeremy Baker yeah. earlier today and I was telling him he should come ride veterans and he's like well I don't want a sandbag he's like um, you think I could win with a toe nine it's like well I mean you could definitely give the other guys a run for the money but there's some really great riders yeah. in some of these divisions so yeah I mean wakeboarding as a whole keeps growing in every every level and it's um, dude you, you watch some of the boys divisions and what they're doing it's unreal at this point um they call you those know, 10 to 13s miniature pros. Isn't, is that, isn't yeah. that the official definition? Mini pro, yeah. Mini pro, yeah. But, I mean, those guys, those kids are like, dude, I wish I was able to do that back then, you know? Hey, bro, you didn't have wakes up no. to your head back when you were 12, <laughs> so. That's true. Hey, um, what, are, what are some of your future plans and goals here, just in, like, well, say the next, like, two, three, five years? Two, three, five years, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, well, I'd, I'd like to keep trying to promote the sport as best as possible um you know obviously keep working with o'brien assisting in the marketing stuff shooting more photos and and that stuff obviously keep riding keep pushing myself um again going back to the boating stuff i, I really would like to work with a boating like a a company that may be outside of the inboard industry and um trying to push the sport kind of in a different direction just to open it up a little bit more um and yeah i think that would be a a pretty good solid goal all right brother well i say good luck to you on all of it and i definitely appreciate your views and i definitely appreciate where your head's at and uh the like the fact that you not only are you an individual but like all of your years of sticking around and you know you've I, I'm going to just throw it out there because I'm Dan Lemano. I get to say what I want for the most part because I'm with the <laughs> golden mic over here. But, I mean, you, you've been an underdog. I don't think that everybody's been pulling for you at every moment of your career. And you've still been able to, you know, uh, stay afloat. And you've still been able to stay relevant and everything. So I got to say big ups to you on that. Well, I, I really appreciate that. I mean, I I love this sport. Like, I'm you have to push me out in order to, to get me to leave. I mean, this is something that that's really given me so much. And all I want to do is try to keep pushing a little bit more and trying to find different avenues in order to, to do that. And, um, if we can open up some more space for it, then, then great. So. I know you're uh, dad now. What are you a uh, year and a half dad? Yeah. He's a year and a half now. So uh, have you got, have you got him on the water at all? No, no, no. Um, we're yeah. doing swim lessons right now. He'd still drown for sure, but um, but he's getting there. Um, so I want him to be comfortable in the water, and then I'll probably take him out, you know, just hold him, um, get him up either between know, my legs on a wakeboard or I go play around on a wake surf. I know you wakeboard, you kite surf. Yeah, I started kiting a couple years ago. Regular. Yeah, uh, I surf as well. So, yep. Um, you you, you going to try to push him towards any of those or just? I would absolutely love it if he went for all of them. Um but you know, from from my standpoint, like my dad did a great job of of raising us and 
really supporting the stuff that we wanted to do. And I probably want to take that same role. So if he's really into basketball or teams, other team sports or, oh God, if he's on a scooter, I'm probably going to have a hard time with that. But, um, but skating or whatever, like, You're you know, playing for it, golf and tennis though, right? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I would love to have a little surf buddy or wakeboard buddy or kite buddy. You know, it's like, I, I think that would be the ultimate for me. But if he doesn't really enjoy it, then I'm not going to push him into it. Sure. So, all right, man, before we finish this up, uh, who hooks you up? Tell us your sponsors. Um, O'Brien. O'Brien's been taking care of me for, man, 13 years at this point. Um, yeah, so they, they've treated me like family, and it's it's really great kind of being with that company and sticking with them over the years. Absolutely. Well, they got a, a ton of tradition over there, and, you know, uh, you know, they've been around for almost six decades now yeah. in the toad water sports uh, realm and industry. So um, keep, keep up the good work there, brother. And before I let you go, if anybody wants to – uh, follow you on social media. Do you do you social media? What do you do? Yeah, I still I still do stuff every once in a while. You keep it um, pretty. You keep your opinions pretty close to yourself on social media. You, just on the golden mic, you let it out. No, you can if you want to ask me stuff. I'm I'm free to talk with anybody about whatever. Um, I'll, I'm pretty open about everything as far as my views on wakeboarding and and that type of stuff. And if, if people need help with direction or whatever, are I, you still coaching? Um, a little bit, not as much as I used to. Um, you know, like, like I said, like running a wakeboard school, I, I started Florida wake actually down in Jupiter and ran that for a couple of years. Um, but since my son was born, I realized like I probably needed to spend more time with him and focus on raising a good kid at the moment. And it's super time consuming. And in order to actually run a successful business, I didn't want to have to answer a phone and say, um, well, let me see if I can get a babysitter for the afternoon. Sure. So I, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it 100%. Um, if I can't, then I'm, I, it's not that I don't want to try, but I'm not going to make false promises to anybody. Understandable, brother. Under, so, under promise, over deliver, right? Yeah, of course. All right, brother, social media, where are you at? Uh, Sean O'Brien 900 on Instagram. I don't know. You can probably find me on Facebook. It might be the same thing. I'm not even sure. S-E-A-N. S-E-A-N. O-B-R-I-E-N. Nine zero zero. There it is. Yes, L-B-U. Sean O'Brien. Thanks a bunch, brother. Dude, thanks for having me. GoPuck, the leader in wearable power. GoPuck is the ultimate personal power solution to charge all USB-powered devices. Designed for those with an active lifestyle, you're able to clip, strap, or mount the power wherever you need, giving you the ability to easily rapid charge your devices multiple times hands-free. Three size options are available online at gopuck.com and you can use promo code MANO30 at checkout for 30% off. Again, that's MANO30, M-A-N-O-3-0 at gopuck.com.
Hey everyone, Boulder Boats is an amazing sponsor of the podcast and I wanted to take a quick moment to talk a little bit about them. If you're located in the Southwest U.S., Boulder Boats is your Malibu and Axis Wake Research Boats connection with locations just outside of Las Vegas, Nevada and Phoenix, Arizona. Boulder Boats has recently opened up their newest location, this time in California, and they offer amazing services and the country's deepest inventory of previously loved, slightly used boats. Find out more about Boulder Boats in all three locations online at boulderboats.com again that's boulderboats.com the golden mike podcast is back with the noise of the north dano the mano presented by sea deck marine products all right all right well thank you thank you to that sob himself mr sean o'brien great to hear from sean only get to do like one event with the guy a year but uh man he's been around for a long long time he has helped develop and train so many of the top names it's cool he's still around he's got more of the dad life going on more of the behind the scenes stuff going on but as you guys could tell if you listen to this whole episode he's got a lot to think about and he's got a lot to say it was pretty cool to hear it all All right, folks, here's some upcoming events where you guys can come here or meet me, the noise of the North himself, Dan of the Mano. This weekend, I'm going to be at Surf Expo Thursday at the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame, then Thursday evening at Wake Awards. I'll be walking around Expo Friday. Expo is canceled on Sunday. Next week, September 15th and 16th, I'll be in Japan for the final stop of the Malibu Evolution Pro Series and the WWA's Wakeboard World Series Finals. The following weekend, September 23rd, I hope to see you all at OWC, the Orlando Water Sports Complex, for the final stop of the 2017 Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. Bill Porter and the crew, they've got an awesome event lined up, and we look forward to seeing you all out there. And then the final weekend in September, I'm heading back to the Philippines to CWC for the WWA Wake Park World Championships. Also lining up some dates in October and November. I'll do my best to keep you all posted on those. And I hope to be doing another really big giveaway this fall or winter. And who knows, maybe both. Now, if anybody's listening is interested in having me announce, commentate, do voiceover work, or appear at your next event, maybe you just want to advertise on the Golden Mike podcast or just ask me a question in general. Maybe you want to buy one of the Golden Mike podcast hats. You want to help me help support like that. Maybe you just want me to hook you up with some of the Golden Mike podcast stickers, swag. Email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. Please remember to subscribe to the Golden Mike podcast on iTunes if you're not already doing so. Please rate and review the podcast. Let me know what you think. Check out the archives on SoundCloud. Follow me on Twitter at the Mano and at the golden underscore Mike at Mano on Instagram. If you're not already doing so, please like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. It makes my sponsors happy, guys. Thanks again to Sean O'Brien, and a few shout-outs now go to all the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Lead Wake, CWB Board Company, Ronix, O'Brien, Slingshot Wakeboards, Jenna Carruth on the web, 
and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show, and I appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise in the North, Dan Alamano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast. <laughs>